is day three together of our look through Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 5 to 11 today. And these are verses about God's discipline. But I don't want you to miss in verse 5 at the very beginning that this is a word of encouragement. So these words about discipline are meant to encourage you. Let me read the verses and then talk about what that means. Verses 5 to 11. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? And if you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Now, these are verses that are all about God disciplining our lives. Now, what does this mean? We know how we discipline our children, but how does God discipline us? Does he, like, give us a time out? Does he ground us somehow if we've done something wrong? How does God discipline us? Well, without a long study of that, let me just mention that sometimes he allows the natural consequences of sin in our lives. That's his discipline. Sometimes he removes the sense of his presence from our lives. He's still present, but we no longer sense it. We feel very separated from him, even though we're not. That's how he disciplines us. Sometimes these verses tell us he uses the hardships of life. There is both positive and negative discipline. There's a lot about negative discipline in these verses. How God, when I have sinned, when I've strayed from him, he allows things into my life that remind me I need to follow him. But there's also some about positive discipline in these verses. That there is correction for sin, but there's also the training for righteousness side of it. He wants to train you for righteousness. There is the discipline of going to the weight room and disciplining yourself to gain new strength. God has both kinds of discipline for our lives. And in these verses, there are four principles of how God disciplines us that every follower of Jesus needs to be aware of. Four simple principles. Principle number one is everyone needs to be disciplined. We simply cannot become everything God intends for us to be without some measure of discipline in our lives. Now, I'd love to think, I like to think that left to myself, I'm going to be wonderfully self-disciplined and I'll always do the right thing. But it's just not true. The hard truth is I'm much too easy on myself. I tend to drift towards selfishness and laziness left just to myself. If you put a donut and an apple in front of me, I'll probably go for the donut if I'm all alone. But if someone else is looking, I might at least consider the apple. There's something about the discipline of somebody else looking that can change the direction of my life. Everyone needs to be disciplined to be all that God wants us to be. Truth number two, principle number two is discipline is painful. I love God's honesty about this. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Something parents love to say to their children, I know you're not going to like this. I know this is painful right now, but you will thank me later. Well, with God, we will thank him later. Is the very pain of the circumstance that I don't want to face or the conversation you don't want to have, that's what causes us to change. We don't change when we see the light, that old phrase. We don't change when we see the light. We change when we feel the heat, when the discipline comes into our lives. And so with children, 
We know it's going to hurt them when we take away media privileges or we cut an allowance or we give them a time out. That's why the discipline works for the poor choice that they've made. Trying to discipline without some discomfort for a child is like for you and I trying to lose weight without changing our diet or our exercise routine. Growing in Christ without some measure of pain is impossible. Why? Why? Because we always feel pain when we change. We don't like to change. We like the way things are. It's comfortable. Change takes effort. Change means I have to let go of some things. Change means I have to let go of my pride, admit I was wrong. So there is some measure of pain in change, always, always. But that pain, that pain is so brief compared to what God is doing, compared to the growth that he is working. So the idea that somehow I can grow in Christ with no pain involved, no discipline involved, that's a ridiculous idea. The word discipline and the word disciple are almost the same word. To be a disciple of Christ, it means I have to be disciplined to live like Christ lived. Now, there's a third principle about discipline in these verses, and that is discipline is for your good. Discipline is for God's good in your life. These verses say God disciplines you for your benefit. Your Father, your Heavenly Father, has a long-term plan for your life, and He is using any and every circumstance of life to move you towards that plan. He even uses the mistakes that I make, even the sins that I commit in disciplining me to move me toward his plan for my life. Now, that plan is not what, just what he has for me to do. That plan is, even more importantly, who he's making me to be, because that's what's going to last. He's making you to be like Jesus. Hebrews 12 here draws this clear distinction between the way human beings discipline and how God disciplines. We discipline for a short time as we think best. But God disciplines for all of our lives, and he disciplines towards eternity to bring righteousness and peace and holiness into our lives. So God is doing this for our good. He's not just saying this is for your good. He is doing it for our good. And then the fourth principle of discipline in these verses is discipline is a sign of God's love. Discipline is a sign of God's love. At the beginning, I asked you to notice that these words were words of encouragement in verse 5. Why is discipline an encouragement? Because it's a sign of God's love. Once you admit that you're far from perfect, that you have a long way to grow, you can see encouragement in God's discipline, the encouragement that he hasn't given up on you, the encouragement that he's not going to let you stay just like you are, the encouragement that he loves you enough to keep working in your life to grow you, to have you become all that he wants you to become. Now, I know some believers who struggle with this idea of discipline because they think it's all about God hating us or not loving us or punishing us. And if you think that, you've got the wrong idea of discipline. Discipline is loving. It's loving discipline. It's God expressing his love towards you by helping you to grow. And if you can't sense God's love in it, you're not thinking about it correctly because it is a sign of God's love. So what's our role? What are we supposed to do about this? I mean, God's doing the discipline. What do we do? Well, the verses say that we're supposed to submit to God's discipline. This word submit that's used in the Bible so much is often misunderstood by us today because we use it in different ways. In the Bible, it had to do with the willingness to let go of a part of yourself, the prideful part of yourself, in order to accept what someone else or what God wants to do in our lives. And there's all kinds of submission in the Bible. 
Everyone who submit to the governing authorities, believers are to submit to other believers, we're to submit to one another, wives to husbands, husbands to wives, kids to parents, parents to kids, Jesus to the Father, believers to the Father, believers to spiritual leaders, angels to Jesus, young men to older men. It's all over the Bible. So what does it mean to submit to God's discipline? It is that moment of letting go of the pride that keeps you caught in a sin, that keeps you refusing to change. It is hearing his word or accepting the rebuke of a fellow believer or seeing your circumstances in light of what God is doing. It's trusting him to keep growing you no matter what. And all of a sudden, instead of being angry, instead of pushing back, you accept, you invite in what God is doing. Are you holding God at arm's length right now? Or are you inviting in what God is doing? You wrap your arms around what God is doing. That's what it means to submit. You wrap your arms around what God is doing because God wants to wrap his arms around you in love, in love. It's the discipline of a father whose only goal is to grow you to be more like Jesus in the discipline. Our Father, as we pray, this is hard for us to pray, but we pray and we thank you for your discipline in our lives. We don't like it because it's painful and we don't like pain in this world. Lord, remind us that the pain is not the pain of someone who does not love us, someone who's pushing us away. It's the pain of someone who loves us enough to show us where we're wrong, someone who loves us enough to keep us growing, someone who loves us enough to keep us on the right track. So thank you for your love. Thank you for how your love works in our lives today. Help us to trust in your love, even your loving discipline. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look together at five specific ways to discipline your life for greater power. 